It's 4 o'clock on a Monday, you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. This week, starring special guest stars Tracy and Vance Marino. Yeah, baby. All right, uh, let me get the chat room open. Where did that go? Hello, everybody in the chat room. I'm going to pull you out of there so I can see separately. Um, we have been having all kinds of problems, <laughs> and I think we've boiled it down to 10-year-old computers with 10-year-old uh, software on there. So anyway, we only have Tracy and Vance joining us today via telephone. I've got them on my cell phone sitting on a box next to the microphone. Say hello, Tracy and Vance. Hello, Tracy and Vance. Hello, Tracy and Vance. Okay, we've got them. Um, for Nathan Dillon, first time watching. Boy, did you pick a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> <He'll> learn. <laughs> anyway. Show business. Yay. That's right. Don't you work, work with, with chil children or animals or youthful animals. Um, so, Tracy and Vance uh, wrote that book that you're looking at on the screen next to me. Hey, that's my song. Um, over their careers, uh, they've been songwriters, composers, musicians, and producers. Um, they've been wildly successful licensing their music in a variety of different media. They're signed with over 60 different production music libraries and music publishers, and their songs and cues are heard daily across the globe. This book... I don't need to hold it up. It's on the screen. How cool is that? Um, <laughs> I've got to tell you, uh, the book is unbelievably comprehensive on just about every subject I could possibly think of that somebody who wants to get into the business of creating music for media. Um, it, it's all covered in there. Everything from recording to um, formats to keywords to moods to contracts all of it is in there and today we are going to talk about specifically networking because networking is really important and I want to remind everybody that the taxi road rally is coming right up on November 2nd through the 5th here in beautiful Los Angeles California sorry I'm moving some stuff on my screen there we go um, <clears throat> Tracy and Vance will be there. Um, the road rally, I spent the weekend um, here at the office working on a lot of the road rally stuff. And I've got to tell you, it is really coming together. I'm just going to quickly go over some of the stuff that's going to happen. Then we're going to jump right into networking. As I've mentioned before, we've got Adam Taylor. He's the CEO of APM, Associated Production Music. It's the largest music library in the world. Um, and we've got their CEO. Then I've got uh, how to make your TV music much more desirable with a gentleman who is the executive producer of a bunch of TV shows who also happens to be a video editor and a music composer. So he is going to do some incredible on-screen demonstrations in the Grand Ballroom showing us uh, ways to approach composing your cues from the perspective of an editor. And it's not gonna be the same old stuff that we've seen in the past. There, there's an angle to it that I think you're gonna love. Um, a film and TV song pitch and feedback panel with Stephanie Reed, Mason Cooper, Ryan Gaines, and Jacob Nathan. 
Um, they're all incredibly good people. Let's see, um, advanced record production. This one, it's either gonna happen on Friday or on Sunday, we haven't figured it out yet, but Rob Shirelli um, has two gentlemen that write songs for and produce like Adele and Dua Lipa and just like the who's who, the industry. So that's either gonna happen on Friday or Sunday. Um, instrumental pitch and feedback panel, uh, that's on Saturday, November 4th. Modernizing Your Music on Saturday, November 4th with Robin Frederick. Um, 10 Ways to Get Ghosted by a Music Supervisor, one of whom is currently ghosting me, so I don't have that one totally locked down yet. Um, oh, you guys are going to love this one. Does it feel like your music has gone into a black hole? Um, can't wait to do that one. Uh, Sunday, Earning Income with Sonic Branding, Sound Design, and Trailers. And that's going to be with Gina Isham and Randon Purcell. Um, song listening and feedback session uh, in the 200-seat theater for like rock and singer-songwriter, Christian Top 40, Pop, Gospel, Country. Um, we do that because it's not sync-related. That's like song listening for um, records and radio. It's supposed to sync, different animals. Um, hear from your peers, which I haven't even confirmed my panelists, but I'm sure they'll do it. I'm going to put up at least a half a dozen successful taxi members on the stage, and we're going to do an hour and 15 minute long session of just open Q&A from the audience. Let you guys ask anything you want of your fellow successful members. And then, of course, the happy ending pitch panel at the end. And there's still about four things that I'm adding to the grand ballroom uh, over the next few days. Plus, we're going to have one-to-one -one mentoring. Um, everybody gets 15 minutes with a mentor and the eat and greet luncheons and gazillions of classes, which we will announce soon. So there you go. Um, now, back to networking with Tracy and Vance. You know, I've got to say, and thank you, uh, Tracy and Vance, for being patient for six minutes while I, I talked about the road rally. You guys are well-behaved today. Um, which for a change, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not every day right. that we're well-behaved. <laughs> and don't count on it in the future. <laughs> That's right, David. Uh, anyway, right. these guys, I've got to say, I, I've never seen, this is a true statement, I've been in the industry for just shy of under 50 years, if you can believe that. No. During, yes, it's true. Literally, I'm like less than six months away from hitting my 50-year anniversary in the real music industry. Um, I have never met anybody who understands networking and executes on networking as well as Tracy and Vance Marino. Uh, you go to any conference, literally, like if there's a conference in Antarctica, you're going to walk in and probably see the two of them hanging out with all the popular penguins. Um, yeah, it was chilly there too, I'll tell you. <laughs> anyway, um, they have turned it in. Uh, it, it's an art and a science and they get all of that. And there's a section in their book that talks specifically about it. And I thought what a great show this would be today to have them on to talk about networking with the Road Rally coming up November 2nd through the 5th, right here in Los Angeles. Two free tickets for every member. I know, sounds too good to be true. Tracy and Vance, is it a line of BS or is the road rally 
Like, would you get, if you live, still lived in Boston, Tracy, would you get on a plane to come out to the road rally? Oh, absolutely. I would have bought my ticket in January. Yeah. Yeah. It is life changing. Literally. It changed our lives. So I, we, we've been going since 2001 because we're ancient now and um, (laughs) we've only missed one. Wow. And it was because of Vance's birthday. It was all his fault. Well, you could have rescheduled. Yeah, you could have rescheduled your birthday. Let's get our priorities straight. (laughs) Well, when after his birthday party, Vance said, "I will never miss another taxi rally." That does it. (laughs) Aww. (laughs) True Um, story. You know, we send out all these emails. I don't believe people believe all the glowing quotes we have from people in these emails, but they're all true quotes from real people. The road rally. Virtually every person who's come for the last 26 years would tell you it was like the pivotal thing that took them to the next level. So, yes, you can watch. Well, it's important for them to understand why, why it's important to go. And why? Tell just them. from an educational standpoint, we've learned, well, because there are so many things that are happening there um, at the same time. Um, we've, we said, okay, this year we're going to focus on mixing. This year we're going to understand focus on understanding publishing more. This year we're going to focus on um, networking more, if you can believe that, because there are <laughs> other presentations about that. Well, you know, I mean, we, we still, I mean, Nancy Moran gave us some great advice years ago that we still follow. Oh, my gosh, yeah, life-changing. And Dan Campbell, literally, he, we found out we were making a lot of mistakes while networking. We bought his book. At the time, it was called Networking strategies for the new music business it's a big orange book that was life-changing also because it showed us things that we were doing wrong and things that we could do for instance if you see someone that's sitting alone go up and strike up a conversation at the rally because they they will really appreciate it you just made a new friend and it's that simple sometimes hey how many times have you been to the rally oh it's my first time hey welcome have you tried the one-on-one mentor sessions have you tried you know hanging out in the lobby and that kind of thing and it can really color someone's opinion about their experience there if you if you make friends then you're going to go home happy if you get information you're going to go home hopefully productive and those are the two most important things of going to the rally um, I, a lot of people really do fear they're introverts. Um, the staff has been telling me that they've been getting a lot of introverts. You know, we, we do outbound phone calls, letting everybody know about the road rally. And people say, you know, I'm really introverted. I'm, I'm afraid to come. And I understand that in their mind's eye. They're imagining walking into this big lobby of a big hotel in Los Angeles, California, and it's like they think 2,000 people are going to turn around and look at them as they walk through the door and go, who are you? <laughs> or, or that they're, <laughs> no, or they're going to be to- totally ignored and, and feel like a wallflower sitting by him or herself all weekend. It's hard to explain the, the level of camaraderie and warmth and acceptance that every person I've ever begged to come who is an um, introvert they all come up to me during the first night after they've only been through registration to say, thank you for pushing me to come. I'm so glad that you did. I'm loving it. And all they've done is gotten registered. But it's the, pe- <laughs> <laughs> but it's the people they meet that, that makes them feel so wonderful. It's the people and it's the vibe of the people. I mean, there again, we've been going to the uh, road rally for over 20 years and um, it, it's, 
I don't know how it sustains, but it does. You know, that there, there was a group of people that were there 20 years ago. It transitions into a new group. Some of the old ones like us keep showing up because it's fun. But there's something about the vibe of the people there where they just, they, they, they want to help. It's not competitive. Um, and, and the people who, who want to help find the people that need help and, and gladly offer it. It's just this... Uh, Sharing. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I hate to reference it because it just shows our ages, but it's, it's the kumbaya thing where everybody, everybody just wants, wants to help. And, you know, as far as talking to, to a stranger, well, they're not really strangers. I, I still have an issue going to uh, networking or any, any event, weddings, you know, those kinds of things, when I don't know who's there. This is the beauty of the road rally. You go there and you know everyone loves music, so right away you have something in common and something to talk about. There's just a vibe that everybody at the rally has. Like you said, we've been to a lot of conferences and still go to a lot of conferences, and there's just nothing like the, the, the vibe of the people that attend the rally. Yeah, and I'd like to just give four quick tips for everybody who is thinking about it, hasn't made the commitment. First of all, just make the commitment and talk to people in line at the registration because I I think we've made lifelong friends from that and so you could ask anybody probably a hundred people who go to the rally regularly and they'll say oh yeah I met this guy and we're writing together now we're producing it, it's absolutely amazing so do that talk to people in line when they're sitting in the classes waiting for the driver's ed classes to start sitting in the ballroom line is is key because we're all captives there and it might go <laughs> south or you might not not become instant friends but you never know so talk to people in line next sign up for the mentor lunch it's not about the food it's not even really about the mentor it's about again meeting people at your table and by the way here's a really hot tip sit as close as you can to the mentor chair because you'll be able to hear them it gets really loud and there's a lot of excitement but it's really meeting people so you want to keep that in mind yeah the other thing is hang out in the lobby because that's where people go after their sessions and they'll just talk you can pick their brains and the last tip is visit the book selling areas because the authors are usually there and they'll talk to you we met lifelong friends like John and Joanne Brahaney by just hanging out uh, Nancy Moran and Fett Ronan and Chris, uh, Ronan, Chris Murphy, and Liz Redwing. It was amazing. We got, you know, education just hanging out there for hours, and we'd have so much fun, and they're all really good friends of ours now. I hear this all the time from people that are, are like friends from other parts of the world because they met at a road rally. It's somewhat effortless. It's not as scary as it sounds. And the really amazing thing is that the more experienced highfalutin members that are having tons of success and have been members for a long time, they are as accessible as new members. I mean, you can literally, like if you see Matt Vanderbilt, who's kind of a, a rock star in our world and he's hard to miss in a crowd because he's very loud, laughs a lot, and he's got very blonde hair and big muscles, walk up to him and just say, Matt, I've seen you on Taxi TV. You're awesome, man. And Next thing you know, you'll be having a beer with them or going to the gym and working out with them or maybe going to a hair salon and dyeing your hair blonde with them. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. 
Any, yeah, anyway. that's the other thing. Um, there's a power in when you meet somebody. Just kind of hang out. That's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's just making friends. We had a lot of success by taking uh, music industry people out to lunch or coffee, uh, sometimes dinner, but lunch is pretty casual. Coffee is really easy because after an hour you're you're done. Uh, they we made a lot of friends over the years that way, and we literally have two bankers boxes. I was going to show you if the video had been working, but two bankers boxes filled with business cards from over the years that I've wow. kept. And that's another tip is to if you don't have a website that showcases some of your music or all of it. Get a website. It's not just about disco and those kind of services. It's really good to have a website. Gives a short bio about yourself, some music examples, and have a business card because the business world still likes that. Have a QR code that goes to your website. That's really helpful. And I just tuck all our business cards in my taxi badge with the lanyard, so I have it ready to go all the time. And taxi's got the best badges because you can stick. 25 business cards in there and just hand them out when you meet somebody it's great absolutely and trust me we planned that (laughs) 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 and don't block your name people get really freaked out about not knowing names and you can help somebody by saying hey i'm tracy marino we met last year and and um uh, what is your name again? It's it's okay to ask that because it takes about six to eight times of seeing someone over and over again before you even know their name and then another half dozen times before you'll even recognize their face or what they do. So don't don't be afraid of that. Always introduce yourself and if you don't remember their name, don't feel bad about that. And the other cool thing about the taxi badges is they usually have to, they, they still have the city where the people come from. Right. That's actually a good way. That's always a great conversation starter. If if they're from the same town as you or someplace you used to live or want to live, what's the music scene like there? Just, you know, there are so many different things to start a conversation about. And the fact that the city that somebody's from uh, is on the badge, that helps. And again, you have music in common with each other. And taxi is one of the few places where if you're staying at the hotel, which we really highly recommend, that is golden because you get in the elevator and everyone's crowding in there and sometimes it's just one or two people you can strike up a conversation and have an elevator speech hey hi is this your first rally i'm tracy and this is we've been going for 20 years we do happy music that's all you need to say and what's your name yeah you get a conversation started i i think that people equate networking with selling and marketing and yeah networking is a form of early stage marketing it's kind of like building the foundation you got to have people to market to and in the case of the road rally you're quote unquote marketing yourself maybe looking for other members to collaborate with um maybe you'll get lucky and be standing next to somebody, you know, in a line next to at the urinal in the men's room at the bar. Don't don't do it at the urinal. I always say that because I, I literally get people that strike up conversations with me at the urinal. It's a little uncomfortable, but um, it's just so much easier to meet people. But don't start out with, "Hey, I'm from San Diego. My music is great, and I do 33 different genres." That that's that's a turnoff. That's a really bad first date. 
Um, and the way to make it a great first day to say, oh, hi, I saw you on that panel yesterday. You were really good on that. How did you get started in the industry? Because we all love to talk about ourselves, especially me. And so if you ask them, that loosens them up and lubricates the whole conversation because they'll tell you. And something that you guys said in the book, which is really key, is actually listen to them so you can hit them with a follow-up question. And once you've hit them with the first follow-up question, the traffic flow is going in both directions. It's just not that hard. It's just hard to get started, I think. Yeah, it's very important, the uh, listening part, because we have seen people, we've met people, and we say, hey, we're, we're Tracy and Vance. Uh, how are you doing? What, 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 what's your name? What do you do? And then there's like this 10-minute monologue. Um, not a good idea. I mean, you answer the question and then return the question. It's, it, it, and it sounds so basic, but it's amazing how many grown people don't really get that, the idea of, of, uh, of a conversation. You ask something, listen to the answer, they ask you back. I mean, you know, like you say, it's not really, it's, not, it's kind of selling, but not really. But the important part, I think, is the impression. Because people might actually forget what you said. They might forget, you know, what your first guitar was, even though you told them, you know, where you started, what, uh, all those kinds of things. They're going to remember if you were a cool hang or not. They're going to remember if they want to hang out with you some more or, or, or because you went on this diatribe about whatever that they maybe don't want. Maybe they want to avoid you next time they see you. That's, that's not good. It's not, it's not the goal. We want, we want people to want to hang out with us. There's a fine balance. Uh, A conversation, I think a lot of us in in general, and it's just really changed. It's a lot of times one-sided or Zoom or something. You know, it's different nowadays, but face-to-face, there's nothing like it. You have a wonderful opportunity with something like Taxi. It's no stress. It's super fun. There, There are no expectations especially the first time it can be overwhelming just because there's so many people and everyone's excited on this high usually so it, it, it is it is a little overwhelming we were wallflowers the first time or two we went because we just didn't know what to do or say and that we said okay that's it we're going to learn how to just talk to people because we were literally turning off the lights I think in the ballroom because we were so shy we were up against the wall (laughs) then the next year we went with a plan we're just going to talk to people and it was so different that time but it takes some practice and skill you know during COVID we've all been locked up and not talking and conversing so it it is a little scary the first couple of times you go but but like I said I gave you some tips hang out and by the book room or talk to people who are just kind of standing around. Everyone's approachable there. Don't go up if someone's having a head-to-head conversation because that's kind of intruding on their space and their talk. But if it's a group, join the group. If it's a couple people looking kind of lonely, go buy them a drink or a piece of pizza or something. (laughs) Andre Stepanian in the chat room says, I'm getting anxiety just listening to this. I'll be at the bar after 12 (laughs) p.m. Andre, and that's a great place to hang out too. <laughs> and the cool thing is, Andre's already got like a hundred friends from the chat room from watching Taxi TV and watching the Quarantinis during the lockdown. So you've already got your group of friends, and I guarantee you, Andre, you will not make it fifty feet in the door of that hotel without being hugged. I have no doubt. 
but your your advice is really good, Vance, about not walking up and interrupting. Some people, they they're so happily overwhelmed that there is so much opportunity to meet industry people at the rally that when they see an industry person talking to a fellow member, they walk right up and butt in because, well, if that member could talk to him, so could I. No, stand back and let the conversation come to its natural conclusion and then stalk the industry person. <laughs> that's why it's good to have, yeah, that's why it's good to have, you know, like uh, Tracy and Vance Marino, San Diego, California, and the badge. If people want to stalk you, they've got a good starting point. <laughs> Yeah, they know which city to start in. That's well, you know, right. We, we have an advantage, and it's it, uh, an unfair advantage maybe, but for us, um, it's two of us. And so uh, if, we, if we walk up to somebody that we think we know, at least one of us will remember the person's name, where we saw them. And, and the other cool thing that we can do as two people, uh, as a networking team, is that we, I can say, well, you know, Tracy and I write uh, music for film and TV. We, we uh, uh, perform and produce uh, our own songs and instrumentals. Tracy's a great piano player, and, and she is. And it, and it sounds more authentic if I'm complimenting her than if she says, oh yeah, I'm a great piano player. If I say, hey, I'm Vance, I'm a great guitar player. So we have to, that, that team built in. Um, people that are on their own, that wing person approach is very effective. Once you've met your first person, and then you can just have them introduce you, you can introduce them to another attendee or to an industry person. It just sounds so much, compliments sound so much better coming from somebody else as opposed to the person who's being complimented. Yeah, wing person is invaluable. And don't forget, you get two tickets to the taxi rally, so bring a friend, and the friend can go brag for you. But bragging is not cool. It, humble always works, but as Vance said, sometimes someone will sing your praises. Hey, this is, uh, this is Charity. She's a great singer, and it's intriguing, especially if you can go to their website. The other reason I wanted to say have a website uh, we were talking to somebody from Nashville, and he said publishers will never contact him. And I said, do you have a website? And he said, no. I said, why not? He said, I just haven't made one. And I said, well, that's why you're not being contacted. They don't have a way to anonymously listen to your music. That's really key because people don't want to be uh, put on the spot or anything. You have right. to kind of gently lead the horse to water to listen to your music. And, and they may want to listen to your music, but they also might want to know how you present yourself, what's your bio, all the things that should be on a website. It's just easier for them to get that information that way. Yeah, and another thing, the reason to have business cards, um, definitely have a QR code. They're free. It takes two seconds. You can customize it, make it round or whatever. But that takes it directly to the website with your information, and it just helps make things faster. Also, it helps for people to follow up. And by the way, you always need to follow up with people that you might have an interest with working with or maybe, you know, collaborating or uh just getting to know more. That's why we have a whole entire two bankers boxes filled with CDs and business cards because we live in San Diego. It's a two and a half hour drive sometimes to get back without traffic. So we have time to listen to people's music. And it was really cool. And then I'd get home and the next week I'd spend saying, hey, I loved your songs. Great job. Great voice, whatever. And Sure enough, the person would contact us and say, hey, you know, let's get together next time you're around this area or at the next taxi rally or whatever. And 
pretty soon we had hundreds of friends and collaborators. So it's a big, big thing is following up with everybody in a nice way too, not big, huge, long emails, just quick and to the point. I want to get back to that wing person approach. This very important thing we left out. It must be authentic. If you're selling somebody as the best singer on the planet, they better be pretty darn good because whoever it is you're you're bragging about them to is going to remember when they finally hear this person sing and go, yeah, they were okay. They weren't they weren't that great. Who told me that? Right. And then now you have a reputation of, of misrepresenting people. That's not a good reputation to have. I want to go back to QR codes for a moment. Um, John Pearson asked in the chat, can we have QR codes on the badges next year? We were going to do it for this year, honestly, but one of the reasons that we hesitated and decided to solve the problem another way is that probably 40, 50% of our members don't have a website yet. Um, right. And so if they have a QR code, where's it going to go? So my suggestion, um, JP, and thank you for asking that question, is print up um, business cards with QR codes and then cut the QR code off of one of them and slip it in with your badge so people can zap it. We're also looking at doing some other stuff with QR codes this year as well. So, uh, you know, one thing that's going to be a change at this year's Road Rally, and, and we will send you emails about it. You don't have to call the staff or email them about it yet because we will let you know but in the past for the listening panels in the ballroom we've had people drop cds into boxes and then we pull them out at random and we play them most people don't have a cd burner anymore and most people in the industry don't have a cd player anymore so um like for the one-to-one -one, oh already in the ballroom for the listening panels you guys submit to listings um, we put everything that was submitted on a uh, disco playlist, and then we use a random number generator to say, okay, number 13. Then we go to number 13 on the playlist and play it. But for things like um, the one-to-one -one mentoring, when you sit down with your mentor, um, people used to bring CDs and we had CD players. Now everybody's got their music on their phone. so. Bring your phone, but have the music queued up when you walk in the room. Nothing worse than wasting five minutes out of your 15 minutes looking for that file that you wanted to play. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to get too far off track from what we're talking about today, but you guys said something that we've all heard and not enough people pay attention to. It's in your book, and you say, if you want to catch fish, go where the fish are. And I am, I happen to be an avid saltwater fisherman, like my friend Andre in the chat. And it's true. I learned that when I got serious about fishing, there's a time of day that's best, inbound or outbound tide, certain places, certain water temperature, certain phases of the moon, temperature of the outside ambient air, all those things go into the art and science of catching more fish. Well, the same thing is true. So let's say that you live in my hometown of ottawa illinois 75 miles southwest of chicago how many music industry people live in ottawa illinois about none um i mean i i, I know some people that are there that um pitch to the industry and make music and stuff they're producers and engineers and composers but they are not a and r people they are not music supervisors they are not production music library owners so go where the fish are, and the fish are going to be at the Taxi Road Rally November 2nd through the 5th. 
But let's, and I didn't plan that incredibly good, uh, uh, whatever you call it, transition right then. But <laughs> what I was going for is networking doesn't always exist in the physical world. So right now I see all these people in the chat room while we're talking and they are networking with each other. Peter Rahill, John Pearson, Heidi Owen-Smith, Marion Laird, Michael Johnson, Andre Stepanian, um, Ken Masford. These people have all known each other now for three years, largely because of the chat room and COVID when we did the uh, quarantinis every day. So can you guys talk a bit about, you know, networking on Facebook, getting into songwriter groups, getting into composer groups? kind of uh, virtual networking that can precede and lay a foundation for physical networking? Well, I remember when, uh, uh, when things turned around for us at, at the, the taxi rally, um, is that we started paying attention to what was going on on the forum. Because the taxi forums, uh, you know, they're, they're a great resource, great place to show up and, you know, e-meet people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we, we, it's interesting when you see somebody's name in a chat and you listen to what they have to say, what, 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 they, what they wrote there. And, uh, we, and we started to see names like Matt Hurt and Dave Walton and, and John Bizet. And it's like these people, boy, they sound like they know a lot of stuff. And so when we went to the, the next rally after seeing some of what that, and interacting with them on, on the forum and then seeing them in person, it's like meeting a rock star. It's like, oh, you're the person, you, you, you're on the internet, we're not worthy. And, and, but they, and, and true to form, those, those are great people and, and, and all the people that we've, we've met first on the forum and then went on to meet in person. Um, you know, it, like you say, it's, it, it's, it, it's a stepping stone to meeting in person because it, as opposed to just starting uh, from from ground zero, you're actually starting from at least knowing somebody online. Yeah, and it, it's kind of the way things are done now is online. With a lot of organizations, they now have online meetings with publishers. There's uh, there's so many organizations we joined because we were getting information that uh, we'd take notes and come home and write them down, and pretty soon that became our book. It was literally 12 years of education from taking as many classes about copyright and the music business that we could. Now it's all pretty much online and occasionally these organizations will have, you know, in-person events that are, they almost feel freaky in some ways, <laughs> but you do get to know people online. You can, you know, talk with them on Zoom sessions and things like that. And, and there again, it's about following up because if you don't follow up they won't remember you so it does take a lot of following up and and uh it's possible we know a lot of people who get um music signed by major production companies because they were online and chatted up with the publisher or the the president of the company and now they're doing collections so it's it's a good way to do it it's a lot cheaper it's easier it i we don't think it's as effective as face-to-face -face overall but it is a great other way to do it well because it's it's about as i mentioned earlier it's about making impressions and uh, certainly the industry people the publishers library people all those folks as soon as they see uh if somebody just you know sends them a a, a cold email it's like well that's just a cold email anybody can do that 
when they realize, oh, you showed up for the taxi rally? Oh, you're serious about this. You right. took the effort to actually be here, especially when you look at your name badge and you're from 3,000 miles away, and they realize, oh, you're serious about this as opposed to a toe dipper, because I know this for a fact. Every industry person wants to deal with people who are serious, not just people who are just toe-dipping and, and uh, hobbyists. They want to work with serious people. And just by showing up, you're showing you're serious. Yeah, and just and meaning um, if you're a hobbyist, that's fine. Maybe you can't afford to do it full-time. You need to work a job and pay the bills and all that. And that's totally fine. But what Vance is saying is be professional. Know the business. Know that it's not cool to send emails with 5,000 words in them. It's more just, you know, we get the most feedback from publishers saying they hate long, boring emails. It's like a thing. And for some reason, people get really wordy. So that's a deal killer right there. Same with following up. Just a nice, short email. Uh, that, that's really one of the keys because people want to know you're, you're not only serious, but you're sensitive to their time. This brings me to another question. Other other feedback that we've gotten from uh, my staff calling out to potential road rally attendees that would come from our member database is that people think they're not ready. It, you know, they feel like the only reason I should go to the road rally is handing my music to every industry person I meet. And I don't think that they understand that, yes, it's opportunities to meet people and move your career forward but you've got to be ready for that. And the road rally is probably the best place on the planet to get ready. Can you guys tell me if you agree with that? And if so, expound on that a little, please. Absolutely. It's all about, you know, we're never ready. <laughs> I think we all think we have to have perfectly mastered and uh, written songs and that'd be great. But that's the point of the rally. There are so many opportunities to take driver's ed classes and to learn. Like I said, we would focus each year, Vance is mentioning, we would take one year and learn about writing songs. So we would take all the different classes about songwriting and the next uh, year we would focus mostly on recording and we'd take Ron and Chris Murphy's class and Rob Shirelli's class and Fett's uh, class and we'd learn so many things from them and the next year hey and during that year our mixing got better and the next year we'd say hey we need a network now what do we do with all this music we've done okay now we're taking Dan Campbell's class and things like that it's just if you focus it's not so overwhelming and you do tend to learn things so it's never your music's going to get better no matter what you do if that's your goal is to keep getting better we just wanted to get signed so we were in some of the libraries that are easier to get into. And then a year or two later, we said, hey, let's go for some more advanced libraries because we noticed they were getting placements in shows. So Taxi got us hooked up with a lot of those libraries. And then we thought, hey, you know, why not? Our music's getting used and it seems to be getting better. But it was thanks to the classes that really helped. Absolutely. And a lot of times the teachers teaching the classes end up becoming your friends and part of your network as well. Yeah, we went to Nashville to visit um, some friends uh, last year. We ended up having a lunch that was nine hours long with two of the taxi teachers that we've known and loved for years. It was the longest lunch we've ever had. Wow. <laughs> and the restaurant manager actually kicked us out of the restaurant in Nashville. Was that, was, but we just had so much fun, and we were just picking their brains because they're also authors and teachers and incredible musicians and producers. And so we, 
we all just couldn't get enough sharing information. It was so great. Was that Fett and Nancy? How did you guess? <laughs> because the first time I had dinner with them, it, it, the meal lasted from like 4 p.m. until about midnight. So, yeah. I uh, know. I don't feel so bad. No. And the funny thing was there was a guy sitting about 10 feet away, and he came over at some point and he said, Hi, I'm so sorry to interrupt. My name is Rick. Nice to meet you. I take it you guys are talking about music, blah, blah, blah. He is now one of the sound guys at the road rally. He introduced <laughs> us to this incredible crew of guys that drive down from Reno. They drive like eight hours to come down and do the road rally every year. And they're like about as good as a live audio crew gets. So, you know, and that was in Nashville. He happened to be in Nashville. I happened to be in Nashville. So not only did I have a very long, nice meal with that and Nancy, I got a great audio crew out of it. That's networking. <laughs> um, yeah, we actually had a, a waitress come over, too, and she said, oh, it sounds like you're, you're having so much fun talking about music. That's just great. And I thought, well, we're in Nashville. That's a, a given. You know? Right. <laughs> That's great. Uh, at one point in the book, in the chapter on networking, you talk about reading the room. And people get so, like narcissistic may be a poor choice of words but they get so wrapped up in what their goal is i've got to get my music to this person got to get my if they only hear my music they will absolutely love it and everything will change for me and they don't read the room that we touched on a little bit ago about not interrupting an ongoing conversation but do you have any tips for reading the room whether the room is five people standing within 10 feet of you or you're actually in a room somewhere or maybe it's just one person how can somebody learn that skill to be sensitive to whether or not they're resonating or connecting with other people and when it's appropriate to jump in all that stuff it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the importance of listening. For instance, sometimes there's the industry person and there's a line of people waiting to see that person. And, it, and you can sit there in line, you can wait, da-da-da-da-da, you can look at your phone. Or when, they're, you know, when you're close enough to hear, listen to, to the questions that are being asked. Listen to what the industry person is, is saying. And sometimes you'll hear them say, oh yeah, we're looking for this kind of music or, or um, just some other helpful information. You can, you, maybe you'll be able to hear if somebody's saying, can I, can I get in touch with you? And they'll say, oh, here's my, my contact information. Or they may say, no, I'm not comfortable giving that out. So then you're not in the position of making that same mistake. So just listen. When, when, and, and same thing goes with, like, with song feedback. Some people don't tend to listen or pay attention until their song is being played. Pay attention to what industry people are saying to other people and what they're saying about other people's songs. There's, there's a, uh, they reveal a lot. They're telling you what you need to know, and if you're not listening, it's, you're not going to catch it. So that's a part of, of reading the room, I think. Yeah, and uh, we actually give it a temperature because a friend of ours calls it the temperature of the room. You have right. to feel the temperature of the room. We had never heard that before, and he's a kind of big-time uh, Australian composer and producer. He, he lives in L.A. now, but he was, he was talking about that. And I asked him, what does that mean? And he said, well, if it's cold, you're talking to somebody and they're looking away. You can tell by body language or they're getting kind of bored or they're not asking you questions. That means they're not really being receptive. And you have to know either move on or talk about something else or just that, that conversation is done. And then there's the warm or hot 
conversation where you're really connecting to the person and you're having a conversation. Hey, what do you do? I do this. Oh, wow, I could use a good producer. I do tracks, but, you know, I could use some mixing help and things like that. That is a warm temperature. And you have, and they're looking at you. They're giving you eye contact. They're into you. They're listening. So that's really what it is. It's And it's a skill that can be learned. It took us a while to get it. We're a little slow sometimes. But um, it's a very important skill, especially in, in L.A. and Hollywood. Everyone is so quick because they're on a time schedule. And, it, and so you have to know it. they're not we're not connecting. Let's just put this off and maybe see them at another event or something. And people are very cautious. They have to be because there are just so many uh, legal and liability issues now, especially with AI scaring everybody. We don't want to go down that path, but it's just people are very, very attuned and sensitive to things happening around and they want to be very careful with who they're dealing with. Are you professional? Are you talented is that's the given and then are do you have people skills are you going to answer your phone when they need you and answer an email right away are you going to show up are you going to flake out they've seen it all they've heard it all they've done it all and it's amazing how many people shoot themselves in the foot by not being professional so that's part of networking too is just kind of proving that you can do this absolutely it's a big part of it yeah don't walk up to them and say i recognize you don't you have an only fans page that is not a good conversation <laughs> starter not in the music industry anyway maybe at the avn awards because <laughs> whether they do or not you're in trouble that's right damn it um you know it's a long game and i don't want people to be disappointed if they walk up and they meet somebody and it feels comfortable and they have a nice little 15 minute chat. Great, nice to meet you. Maybe you exchange phone numbers or email addresses, zap each other's QR codes. Um, don't be a Klingon with that person. Um, <laughs> you don't wanna call that person like the morning after you know, the rally and say, all right, so we talked, you wanna hear some of my music or if it's a potential collaborator, hey, let's get going on this collaboration. Give it a minute and understand that you're playing a long game, not a game of instant results right after you connect with somebody. Do you guys have any suggestions as to how to gauge when it's appropriate to reach out. And you already mentioned, keep the email short. Yes, uh, so many people don't get that. They have to tell their entire life story in an email. But um, how long? Uh, I honestly believe that more, more damage is done by reaching out and following up than, than not. And that's because people aren't graceful in how they do it. Can you tell them how to be? That's a great question. Uh, we learned from our good friend, Brian Curtin, who does this incredible thing where he will sit in a class or at the ballroom and he'll hear the speakers talking about something and he'll take notes and maybe they'll say, you know, if you're gonna be mixing a song, do this. And, or I got this one placement because I did this. And he'll write that down and remember it and then afterwards come up to them and, and say, hey, you know, that was really helpful, that tip you gave. And people on the panel are so flattered and we thought that's just genius, but it's genuine. He's not just saying that to, uh, as you might 
Michael, you always say blow sunshine up their skirt, you know. He's, he's genuine with it. And I thought that was just a great way to do it. But following up is an art. And, and uh, Brian taught us some things about it. Usually it's a week later. And that, there again, gives you time to go on their website, kind of get a feel for what the person is doing and uh, their, their style and their type of music. You can listen to some examples. That's a big part of it. And then just uh, not being too wordy, of course. We talked about that, like you said. And um, here's, maybe people won't believe this, but we have never asked anyone to listen to our music. We have never come to the rally with a box full of CDs We've never done that. Nope. And we never will. Um, and the why? Because we're there to make friends. We're not there to have people listen to our music. And it sounds weird and counterintuitive, but it works for us. Well, and the listening idea comes up again because uh, there are times when somebody's on a panel or the, uh, you're waiting to speak with them and, and, uh, and there's somebody else in front of you and they will say, um, don't follow up. Because, because honestly, the answer to that question, when to follow up, varies. Because there are some people that will say, um, don't follow up, I'll be in touch with you. Or they'll say, get in touch with me uh, in a week. This is a good one we learned from a friend of ours recently, he's a publisher. And he says that when he meets somebody new, a potential uh, client or songwriter he might want to sign, he says, get in touch with me in 30 days. And if they get in touch with him in 30 days, then, he, then there's a conversation starts. Sadly, most people don't get in touch with him in 30 days. It's it's such a simple, yeah, a simple ask, and people won't do it. I mean, when 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 somebody on a panel says something like "Don't follow up with me" or "Follow up with me in a week," listen to them. They're not lying to you. They're telling you what to do. Do it, and you'll be surprised at the, at the results you get. Yeah, we met a publisher. Um, he's very successful with his partner. They've been doing it for 20 years, having a small, very boutique library and we met him at a convention and he said okay follow up with me in january okay so we thought he was kind of brushing us off but we followed up and he said you guys were one of the few people that have ever done that <laughs> it's true yeah and uh we and he, he signed our music and we've been with him for 13 years i think now mm -hmm. but it because we followed the directions and the other thing i wanted to clarify was we didn't go to the rally never having a CD, we would bring CDs for the one-on-one -on -one listening sessions, but we wouldn't just go handing them out and throwing them at guests and panelists. That doesn't work. We've never done that. So there's kind of a respect thing when they find out you're not there to attack them and cling on, as you said. Mm -hmm. So it's just being cool. <laughs> That's a big part of it. Yeah. You know, being cool. <laughs> that is really an optimal phrase and a great way to say it. But I think a lot of us have lost our cool because of COVID. We've lost some social skills probably. Um, but yeah, just don't be obnoxious. Just, you're so right. I, you know, there's a guy who's a very likable guy. You would recognize him. You may be friends with him for all I know. But after every panel in the grand ballroom, this gentleman comes right up to the lip of the stage and is always trying to meet the panelists. And it became a problem when we got back the photos from our photographer and this guy was in almost every shot after every panel. And, and there I were, think I do know that person. Yeah, there were a lot of shots that we couldn't use. Most of the shots that we wanted to use, 
he was too close to the person and we couldn't, you know, like take him out of the shot. So he literally cost me a couple thousand dollars in wasted photography. That's no exaggeration. Um, wow. Yeah, so don't, uh, don't be that guy, not just for fear of, of upsetting me or blowing the really good shots that our photographers get, but you develop, you're not being cool in front of your fellow members and they see that. And it may yeah. be a turnoff for fellow members that might have been great collaborations with you. And in a minute, I want to talk to you about how collaborations can lead through, you know, the fast track through the door at a publishing company or a music library. But by being that person who's just... Yeah, we actually have that in our book as meet and greet and then retreat. And our editor hated that. She said, what, what are you talking about there? And I said, well, for that very scenario that you just talked about, Michael, yeah. people are hogs sometimes. And we have had, we had a chance to meet Taylor Swift at this holiday party. And as soon as she came in the door, uh, we got whisked away. And, and yet she was cool. She wanted to talk to people. And to this day, I'm a little bitter about that. But it, we're, we're not going to hog the time or anything. We were just going to greet her, meet her, say thank you for coming walk away because there are people uh, as it turned out that came up and were bending her ear for 10 20 minutes and meanwhile there were 50 people that just wanted to say hi and and meet her but it's ruining someone else's chance to to interact with that person and yeah. we see it all the time and it's it's downright rude <laughs> so we try not to be that person and don't be that either because uh, michael will get upset when you are in all the photos. Oh, so I get that. If I showed you the photos, you would laugh your butts off. You would go, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's there every time. Um, going back to the Taylor Swift thing, I had a moment like that once with, uh, you know, I, I got into the industry because I saw the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan Show. It's always been a bucket list thing for me to meet a Beatle. Um, years ago, probably 15 years ago, Randy Bachman, who's been a very long time, I've known him since I was like 13 or 14 years old. He's been a taxi member. I've been to his house. So I know him pretty well. I mean, we're not like besties, but I know him well enough, you know, to call him on his cell phone. And he invited me to come down to see the Ringo Starr All-Star Band at the Hollywood Bowl. And Randy was the guitar player in the band for that tour. And Randy said, I'm giving you a backstage pass. Come back and I'll introduce you to Ringo. And I thought, finally, I'm going to meet my Beatle. And I'm back there and Randy says, Michael, come over here. Ringo, come here. And he says, Ringo, I'd like you to meet an old friend of mine. His name is Michael Lasco. And Ringo and I both extended our hands. We were about three inches away from making contact. And Ringo's wife, Barbara Bach, came up, put her hand on his shoulder and said, publicists need you right now. And he said, sorry, got to go. Gone. So uh, I, I never oh, got to meet my Beatle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I tell you, it's so deflating, and it, it's really sad when you have someone you've always wanted to meet, and that happens. I feel your pain. <laughs> just, we've had those uh, several times, and you really resent the person who cut in or whatever. But, and I get it. They're busy. They're tired. Yeah. Sometimes they don't want to do that. Uh, we we barely got a chance to meet John Williams, the composer, and. That was my idol. I always wanted, and sure enough, this guy cut in. I said, that does it. I want to meet him. And I went right back over and got in, and we were able to get pictures with him. And uh, same with um, Quincy Jones, too. That was another one of our heroes, and we got to uh, meet him. But it wasn't without a fight. <laughs> well, you know. But no, I mean, just, it's just courtesy, you know. Carry, carry, carry an umbrella with a razor blade top 
on the you know, taped to the bottom. And if somebody gets in your way, the Achilles heel makes them drop to the floor instantly. You know, and then you get your chance. Anyway, in all seriousness, because I would never recommend cutting anybody's Achilles tendon with a razor blade that uh, could get you in some trouble. Um, there was a question somebody back here had, and I wanted to address it because I'd never heard of it before. Scrolling back, I think it was Paul Land. Hey, I have a dot card that thinks all my social that links all my social platforms and streaming and it has all my contact information like email and phone with all that. Do I still need a website? Um I say yes just because you know it shows people you're serious. Everybody's got yeah. social media. A website, a well-organized, not cluttered, no goofy-looking fonts that nobody can read, just a nice, professional, keep it simple, stupid, you know, apply the KISS principle. Uh, website tells people that you're in it for the long haul. Uh, and Carl Wurzbach asked a question, uh, did Tracy and Vance submit to the panels at the road rally? No, we did not. I think once we did, and we got chosen. But yeah, we, we actually did a time or two. Oh, in the past, yeah. In the past, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I but this time. I, I think getting back to that website, there again, remember, we said it was anonymous, that people can, a publisher may not right. feel comfortable, because with Disco, it, it tracks, you know? It says when someone's listened and how much, and SoundCloud, same thing. And that can be kind of um, a little embarrassing. They want to be... They're anonymous. They have a lot of stuff to do. So they want to go on their own time, is what I'm saying, music supervisors too. But also, we think that the website illustrates your brand. And, okay, I didn't want to talk about brand in the book, but we, we decided to do that because it is part of it, especially if you're an artist. We're not artists, per se. We just like to um, write songs, compose, produce, but we don't call ourselves artists. So if you're an artist, we would highly recommend having a website to build your brand and have, make sure all the colors are going with what you would do and the fonts and the, the outfits and the pictures and the music. It's all reflecting who you are and what you do and your voice. Um, so, yeah, and people can check it out that way. And a website is universal. I mean, people can look at a website on their computer, on their phone, on their laptop. Uh, there are some... some uh, some of, some of the things that I think were mentioned in that question might not be uh, as accessible to everybody. You, you want to include as many people and be accessible to as many people as possible. You don't want to have somebody that, that wants to hear your music or wants to know more about you and the link didn't work or, or didn't, it was not compatible with their computer. Yeah, and don't put up a page, this really bothers Vance, but I'll say it for him, that says under construction or coming soon because <laughs> it'll say like upcoming concerts and it has something from 2014, you know. That doesn't work. That looks really bad. Just don't even have that page. So it's a good way to put out your brand and, and people to know what you're doing and, and what you're all about. Also, in your 10-second um, elevator pitch, say what you do. Just say, I'm a, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I I do uh, really interesting dramedy, or you know, interesting is kind of one of those weird words. But, <laughs> like, I do dramedy and um, tension music, and, and I've had some placements. If you had a placement... Feel free to say that, and I, I do Dateline or Forty Eight Hours. People are asking it, right now. For an industry person. 
somebody asked in the in the chat very relevant to this which is if i haven't been signed can i tell them that absolutely um you know don't walk up and go hi my name is bob jones and i've never been signed i'm hoping you're my first that's not cool but um, if somebody says are you in any other catalogs and you say nope not yet um, be honest because if you lie about it they'll figure it out and you'll look really bad and you'll never get another chance to correct that problem um, also uh, going back to the social media stuff Nothing worse than when somebody says, check out my social media, and you go to their Instagram page, and it's private. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. A lot of people make that mistake. So that's another reason to have a website. Websites aren't private. And you know what? Instagram, if you're going to have an Instagram page, have one for your career and one for your personal life. Because you don't want people going to your Instagram page to see where have they played or what kind of guitar does she work with um anything that might interest them about your music and there's pictures of, of your spouse and your children and your family at thanksgiving it mixing the two can feel unprofessional number one and number two maybe somebody is a stalker or something uh i'd rather have them stalk only me not my family so you know ha have it if you're gonna have an instagram page about your music have it be just about your music. Well, on the subject yeah. of social media, when it comes to meeting publishers, library people, music supervisors, there's the best advice you can do. I'm, I'm going to give you today. Follow them on social media. It is amazing how many of them will say, hey, I'm looking for this kind of music. Or, or they don't all do that, but some of them do. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, submit it, you know, DM me, whatever. Um, but sometimes they'll just say, hey, I just want to on it went on a trip to Amsterdam or um, or you you learn something about uh, a, a recent placement that their company just got um, um, there are just all types of ways to connect to them and even if you just you, you say hey you know, I, I've been to Amsterdam I had a good time and, and when you see them in person it's just another thing to connect with but following the, the people that you whose companies you want to work with follow them individually if they have their own account most of the companies most libraries and publishers have their own social media accounts and those are actually good to follow um there, there, there's just a lot a lot of good reasons to do that yeah we've been following a lot of music supervisors and they always have pithy comments and things and we got to know a couple of them really really well and we were, were able to submit directly from that but it, if you really get to know them it's it's flattering because not a lot of people do that so right there they think wow you're either serious or you're cool you it's you're you're just not stalking them here. Or a music supervisor might say, here's a, uh, here's the show I'm working on, the right. last show I'm working on. Which yeah. Sometimes that's hard to get. You would think IMDB, sometimes IMDB is a little bit behind. And it's always, you don't want to ask a music supervisor, what show are you working on? What projects are you working on? But they'll, they'll tell you. And that's, I think it's one of the reasons they get frustrated. It's like, why should I tell you if, if you were following me on social media, like Tracy and Vance said to do, you wouldn't have to ask me that. Well, yeah, and... Um, Go ahead, Michael. Uh, also, <clears throat> it's not just a matter of working on the show. Spend the time doing the homework. Um, what kind of, where's the show take place? For instance, um, I just watched a, a series, first series I ever saw that got zero stars on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, but I watched it anyway. It was pretty darn good. It's called Florida Man. Florida Man. It was on uh, Netflix and it takes place in Florida. Uh, almost all of it, a little bit in Philadelphia. But, you know, so if you 
know that that music supervisor is working on that show. And lo and behold, almost every episode has a scene or two where they're at one of those outdoor restaurants near the water. What kind of music is typically playing at those things? It's either Jimmy Buffett type music, God rest his soul, or maybe some reggae or something tropical and beachy and islandy. So if you then reach out to the supervisor rather than saying, hey, what are you working on right now? Which tells them you're lazy and don't know anything. If you say, hey, I noticed that you've been working on, you're in post-production on a new show called Florida Man. And I saw in the uh, trailer, there was a scene at an outdoor restaurant. Do you need a bunch of, like, let's say, reggae for restaurant scenes? Because I'm really good at doing reggae. They're liable to say, awesome, send it over because it's what they need now. Yeah, and that's really a good point about doing the research. Uh, music supervisors love authenticity. Well, what is that? Well, I'm from Boston originally, so if the show's taking place in Boston and I say, hey, I'm a composer originally from Boston, I know kind of the area and all, they might be a little bit more receptive to hearing my music and my take on it than someone from Albuquerque. Not always, but it just shows a kind of authenticity. So if you're from Florida and you're watching the show and you like that style and you can do that style, do it well, they might be more receptive to hearing that. So we really spend a lot of time researching. That's another big point we wanted to make about networking. Vance is incredible. He will actually go in on social media and see what some of the publishers are working on. He'll notice they got an award. He just saw that um, a longtime panelist, Cassie Lord, who is always at the taxi rally, she since has moved to Texas and is not in the music business any longer she started another company so she's getting honored at an upcoming um, uh, convention and we're just so happy for her that's a real honor to, to to do that we're excited to see her again so it's about keeping up with those kind of things if that's what you want to do it really helps uh, most musicians i don't mean this to sound mean at all please forgive me if it does Creative people, let me broaden the scope. Creative people in general, whether they're graphic artists or visual artists or, or music artists, are so in love with their own music, and I completely understand that. If they don't love it, nobody will. But they think that the music just changes everything, that all these rules, all these things we're talking about don't matter because they're just gonna hear my music and they're gonna fall so madly in love with it they won't care if I act unprofessionally. They won't care if I don't have a website. They won't care if I have no idea that that show they're doing in Florida doesn't use heavy metal music. Oh, they think that just everything is irrelevant except my music because they're going to fall in love with it. Um, am I right or wrong about that? I would really appreciate your perspective. Well, it's, it's interesting to observe that when you look at watch a TV show and, and, and you hear a song, and you might, you might ask yourself, how did that song get there? It's not that good a song. It's not always about the best song. The best song is not what necessarily gets the placement. What gets the placement is the song that fits best, first of all, and then the person who's responsible for representing that song got it to the person that they needed to. That's it. That's what gets placed. It's not the best song. It's not the flashiest guitar solo. It's not the most cl uh, clever lyrics. It's not even the best mix in the world. It's the one that fits. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they want it more raw or more polished. Sometimes it's just the music supervisor is very comfortable with a vetted company or production music library. That's what they have to go with. 
so it, it, it's not a personal thing. Don't take it personally. And the, the whole name of the game in this whole business is finding out where your music fits and, like, who gets you and who do you get. So there are some companies I would never submit a piece of music to extreme music. I love the guy who runs it. We are good friends with him, but our music is just not fitting. And if you go on that catalog and you look down the list, you'll understand why. We write happy music. It doesn't fit that catalog. There are boutique libraries. There are boutique um, sync licensing companies. Our music would never in a million years fit with what they're doing. They want edgy, dark, really branded uh, bands and artists that have really interesting things to say. Instead of trying to to convince them that our music that doesn't fit, instead of trying to convince them that our music does fit, please, 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 it's great music, my mom mom said it was great, Uh, we instead (laughs) decided to focus on the, the libraries and publishers where our music does fit where the kinds of placements they get are with our kinds of music. Oh that my takes goodness. a long time. But that requires more research. And musicians, people, not just musicians, people in general will take the path of least resistance and do the least amount of work. So what you're saying is if you do the research and play your cards like you've done the research, then you can increase the probability of success and make the timeline go faster. Also taking classes. We would take classes at UCLA. You could take classes at Berkeley online. Just take as many classes as you can to get better. Whether if you get get feedback, for instance, your lyrics are kind of weak or you don't have a good chorus that's hitting, take classes on how to learn that. It's amazing what's out there now. And and it's pretty easy and affordable for the most part. There are community colleges offering mixing classes. There's a studio a few miles from our house that is an academy and it's working with Sony across the the way uh, bringing people in to to teach and tutor I mean it's amazing what is available now so there's no excuse you can't be lazy anymore and you can't be complacent go out there and and by the way Michael you're saying people coming to the rally for the first time and they're not signed or they don't have any credits don't feel bad. We felt terrible about that the first couple of years we would go to the rally. We had nothing going on. We didn't know how to mix. We had a lot to learn. This is the best time and place to learn it because it's not threatening. It's very reasonable. You can get literally thousands of dollars of education in one week weekend going to the taxi rally, and I swear by that because it really helped us. And yet people, I mean, every single taxi member can get two free tickets. We have people in Los Angeles that are anywhere from 10 minutes away to 45 minutes away from where the rally is held and they don't come. And that blows my mind. It's like a life-changing opportunity for you and you couldn't get it together to turn off the TV, take a shower, brush your teeth, climb in your car. And yeah, the 405 sucks. So you're going to sit in traffic for a half an hour. Big deal. This is something that literally not only could change your life, but person after person after person after person who has attended have claimed that it has changed their life for 26 years. So, wow, why can't they go? Blows my mind. Yeah, it it is incredible. We've gone to just about every music convention out there just to try them out and compare and the cost and all that. And don't forget, we pay double because there are two of us. So if we have to pay $500 for a Guild of Music Supervisor conference, 
you know, or $400 or something, it, it adds up just for the ticket. So, and then the hotels are not cheap. But Fortunately, one hotel room. Yeah, that's that's a good point. But, uh, but it's really you know, Tracy. It's you don't make them get it. Hold on a minute, Tracy. You don't make them get a separate room. Well, there are times, you know. It, it depends on if I was behaving that week or not. But we have friends that double up on rooms. They've gotten to know each other, and then they uh, hate, figure, hey, you know, you seem like a decent person. You're not going to hog the shower for an hour. So, hey, would you want to split a room next year? Yeah, great. We know a lot of people that have been doing that at the taxi rally so that make a friend you'll you'll get it even cheaper uh, i wanted to, to mention another aspect of research um and that's pictures um because it, it's great when events have um badges so you know people's names name tags um but sometimes they're not wearing their name tags especially if they don't want to be recognized um and if you know somebody a panelist is going to be scheduled to be in an event uh, and, and, and some events, uh, I don't think the taxi rally, but some events actually will put the person's picture up. This is this is so and so. Uh, you can still look them up. You can step, make that a part of your research so that if you're in the elevator walking down the hall, um, and there's somebody that maybe it's somebody that you really want to talk to, they have don't have a name tag, and they have not been on the panel yet. You might say, oh, I'll recognize them after I see them on the panel. They all know that they can be anonymous before the panel. They know once they've been up there in front of a thousand people, they're not anonymous anymore. But that's when you want to when you want to actually approach them. Uh, that's worked very well for me because I know I've known what people look like and I know who they are. I've done the research. I know what they're working on. Uh, I know the kind of music that, that we can provide for them. Uh, but just do the research to know what somebody looks like. And it's tricky, too, because sometimes they'll put up a picture from 20 years ago or they've changed their <laughs> facial hair or their hairstyle. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that's a really good point. But also, as we mentioned before, when you go into a room for a driver's ed class, I, I mean, I would go through the entire taxi program a few days before and highlight with a yellow marker or something yes. all the people we wanted to meet. And then I would look up what they do. And, I mean, you have the bios there and read, oh, yeah, I really want to meet that person. And then, you know, look at their picture and really study it because I forget names and faces very easily. I really had to work at really overcoming it. It's like a handicap for me, and I had to super really concentrate. And now with, I had COVID last year, and I think my brain is just kind of mush now. <laughs> it's just about the technique you have for remembering names. What? Where you, you do something about them, something rhymes with. Oh, yeah. yeah. We kind of came up with names. We have a friend. His name is Reuven. It's like Reuben with a V, so I think of Groovin Reuven, and and then I introduce him that way. He thinks it's really cute, and people remember his name, Groovin Reuven. So I'm kind of Stacy Tracy right now because I, <laughs> I forget so many things. But um, I'm trying. I have to go back to really concentrating again. Or you know, try to think of some way to remember somebody's name. Their their name is Brian, and they're from Hawaii, so it's Brian the Hawaiian or something. And like something like that. We say Vance can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar players are known for not dancing. Yeah, so it, it's it's silly. Um, I learned that a long time ago from a girl that she said she was uh, she survived Hurricane Katrina, and her name was Katrina. And she goes, and so I always remembered she's Katrina, like the hurricane. She would say. <laughs> so if you find a way to do it, and I also try to another reason of um, you know your phone with you at all times or a piece of paper or something you can jot notes down. 
if it's somebody I met and I'm really impressed, I run to, you know, a restroom or in the hotel room or something and write down some notes about the person um, just to, to remember. And then when I follow up, that's another reason for having the website because if you have pictures, some people put pictures on their business cards. That's kind of helpful too. Um, and sometimes it looks kind of cheesy, but it works for a lot of people. It helps me remember who they were. I'll say, oh, yeah, I met them, you know, the first day or whatever. So take little notes uh, really helps, too. Also, you know what? Uh, we have the step and repeat. And for people who don't know what this thing is called, but you always see Hollywood people, you know, out at some event standing in front of a screen with a bunch of logos on it for Mercedes or nike or whatever um and usually there's a little red carpet in front of it those things are called step and repeat you step on there they take a shot and then you repeat go to the next one so we have one at the road rally and i noticed oh gosh um i can't think of her name i can't believe it um pretty blonde lady that's at every event that's a friend of yours yes Nittany paris Nittany she will be in front of the step and repeat with people all weekend long and that stuff goes up on social media so that's actually good for your brand it's like oh she knows Nittany or she knows tracy and vance um and people see you as maybe slightly more credible or part of the crowd because your pictures with other people are up on social media so there is that that you know every kind of exposure i guess helps that's it's really helpful yeah. but need to need puts us to shame when it comes to networking <laughs> she she works with ken calais who right. was a producer for fleetwood mac and he's been a guest at taxi and he's incredible and his daughter was is colby calais so she's really hooked in with that but she's incredible with networking as well she just really understands it and she's found dozens if not probably hundreds now of co-writers over the years and producers from um, her networking skills are just impeccable she has amazing manners and she follows up and she's just one of the nicest people we've ever met in our entire lives we just love her to death so that's um, she's a doozy. that works for her um, I have a question for you guys while we're on the subject of Ken Calais. Um he and I became friends uh, about a year and a half before COVID um, I've had him at the road rally where we dissected Fleetwood Mac rumors and a little bit of Tusk. Um, I've always wanted to get him back again um, to the road rally, but this year uh, I came very close to getting um, Bob Clearmountain. I was going to have him dissect. Yeah, I was going to have Clearmountain dissect a Rolling Stone song, and I found out about an hour before we started the show today. Now he's got to go to New York, so he can't do it. So I'm bummed out. I was thinking about calling Ken up and asking Ken if he would come and do one of the Colby Calais songs. Um, do you think it's too soon to bring him back? Because I think the last time we had him there was 2019. Oh, that was one of our favorite panels. That was such a great panel. I just, I'll never forget that. Everyone was so excited. We were all fanboys and girls listening. That was great. Yeah, a guy like that, there's no such thing as too soon. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, you know, better sooner than later, he was at the NAMM show and just hundreds of people were out the door listening to him and and he's just a wealth of information and sure need and he can hook you up again yeah well actually <laughs> I, I, I i don't think i got to him through her i think uh, there there's oh. a club of over 60 year old engineers <laughs> that uh, <laughs> we all tend to know each other if you know what i mean um anyway uh she certainly helped facilitate i won't take any credit away from her but um ken Ken and I instantly hit it off because we come, he was like, 
three years ahead of me on the engineer uh, totem pole, you know, so we definitely share a lot of love for certain microphones and have a lot of war stories that we shared. Um, you know, he actually called me like four or five, six days into COVID and just said, hey, buddy, I'm just checking up on you. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. Then again, I was with him about three days before we had to isolate, so maybe he was worried that, you know, he wanted to check and see if I was infected or not. I don't know. Anyway, I love I loved Ken, and I didn't want to repeat more Fleetwood Mac stuff, but he did produce, I think, Colby's second album, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe executive producer. I produ think you're right. Yeah, yeah, I seem to recall that, too. And with a little luck, um, because she lives in a state that's three hours behind Los Angeles. I think she's still there. Um, maybe we could get her to join her dad so I could get a lot of dad that's not the way it happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah she had a country uh, quartet for a while it was really amazing but uh, she's uh, is she in Nashville or if she's three hours away she's, she's got a new country release coming out yeah I was gonna say she just uh, has that going on too so yeah that'd be great um, yeah I thought uh, last time I heard she was living in Hawaii but I'm not sure if she's still there or not or maybe it's a 50-50 deal but I thought it'd fun to bring her in on a video feed, you know, do a Zoom with her on the big screen while I've got Ken on stage with me. Um, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Hey, you know, I wanted to circle back to something you, you uh, mentioned earlier, the idea of collaborating with people that you meet. Yes. Um, and the importance of that, um, especially for the people who... who oh, man. Um, obviously, you know, if you're, you're meeting somebody for the first time, whether you've met them maybe in the forums, taxi tv or maybe on social media just to kind of get a vibe for people that's a good start sometimes and then meeting them in person uh get a feel for their music how professional they are what kind of impression they make you want to make sure that whoever you're collaborating with is somebody that is, is certainly um at least on uh where you are uh, and, and somebody that, that's a good fit for you creatively and also maybe you perform well but you need somebody to mix and somebody else is a good mixer whatever complimentary relationship you can get um, that ends up being one of the ways that some people get into new libraries yep. if somebody's with, with, with a library or a publisher and, and maybe, they, they, maybe they're a very good keyboard player but they need a, a, a real guitar and somebody else can provide that for them so then if they're a keyboard player who has the relationship hooks up with a, a guitar player who doesn't have the relationship and they can work together, it's just mutually beneficial all the way around. So collaborating with, with people um, is, is, is certainly helpful for your career and meeting them is, is, is very easy. To, it's hard not to meet collaborators at the rally. You have oh, to stay yeah. in your hotel room to avoid finding collaborators. Well, and you never know when it will blossom into something else. We have a really dear friend. She's an author and a songwriter, singer. Uh, she's been coming to a songwriting group that we lead for many years, and then we kept telling her, you've got to go to the rally, you've got to go to the rally. So finally, a few years ago, she went to the rally, and she met somebody, and they became really serious, and you know him very well, he's been on Taxi TV, and I'm not going to say either of their names, but they're really serious now. She actually is packing up, I think, and last I heard, moving to his state to be with him. <laughs> I think they're getting engaged or are engaged, I don't want to jinx it, but last year she was um, at the rally and just was saying how wonderful it was and she met her soulmate. So, yeah, so come to the rally, you might find love. <laughs> you know what, it happens more often than you would think. Um, my my daughter Sarah met her husband. They've been married now for I don't know somewhere around ten years. Um, he was at a sponsor booth at the road rally, and they <laughs> really? met. I never heard that. 
That's yeah, so and so now we've got two grandchildren that are road rally oh. grandchildren. Um, I could think of a, a couple uh, other people. Um, I think Bob Iger, uh, not Bob Iger. Um, uh, John? Oh, John Iger, yeah, John Iger. Oh, John Iger, yeah. His, One of his, our co-writers was just telling that to her. She introduced his daughter, was it? To yeah, somebody? yeah, I his, yeah, his daughter. Um, wow. who looks, she kind of looks like Uma Thurman a little bit. And, and I remember seeing her at that rally and she met a guy and they're married and they have kids. So yeah, um, that's wow. the magic of the road rally. All right, I want to <laughs> give away a copy of your book, which by the way, if you guys want me to give more away, um, send me a few more copies, please, because I'm giving away my last one today. Um, oh, wow, yeah, we're all out. And, and whoever wins it can bring it to our book table at the rally and we'll sign it for you. If, did we sign the one you have? Uh, yes, the one can. I'm giving away is already signed. I, and the one okay. I'm not giving away is my copy that's got post-it notes and dog-eared pages. <laughs> and uh, Oh, look, it says, to Michael, the smartest, best-looking, most incredible person we've ever met. Love, Tracy, and Vance. See, right there. <laughs> Now you guys, you guys did sign mine. Thank you for that. Um, so we're going to give away a copy of this, and how? I guess I don't need to hold it up. I'm sitting next to an image that's yeah, as large it's as me. Yeah, already up there. Yeah, and it uh, makes a terrific doorstop. So if nothing else, you can always use it for that. Paperweight. It's a nice big paperweight. Yeah, yeah. Now, honestly, guys, I can't tell you how many people have given me books where, and I'm a pretty voracious reader. Well. I try to read for an hour every morning and have been doing that my entire business life. And I don't, if somebody gives me a book and I don't get past page 25, I just won't pick up the phone and call them or say, wow, great book. I'm not going to lie about it, but I just leave it alone. I have now read your book cover to cover, you know, literally read it cover to cover and gone through and researched looking for taxi TV topics or input on something else I was working on. The book is really, really, really well-researched, incredibly comprehensive. It's very easy to read, and you don't need, not unlike Robin Frederick's books, um, you don't need to read page one and read it all the way to the end. You can think of any topic. If you have, you have a mixed question, it's in there. If you have a question about networking, it's in there. If you have a question about contracts, it's in there. If you have a question about levels or luffs, it's in there. So yeah, I, I highly recommend and endorse this book. And you guys, I think, know me well enough now to know that I don't blow smoke and I'm not gonna endorse anything that I wouldn't be proud to put my name on. So buy this book. So here's what we're gonna do. Like that little sound effect. Um, <laughs> we are going to, you guys are gonna type in plus one and don't type it in 10 times trying to tilt the scales, please. Um, and Liz, who's sitting in an office probably 50 feet away from me, is gonna shut her eyes, run her fingers up and down the chat room and go bink, and she's gonna land on somebody and that person is gonna send Liz an email and get a book out of this deal and you will love the book. So here we go. Boom, type those plus ones. Yeah, we love Liz. She helped me renew my membership the other couple weeks ago. <laughs> She's very helpful. Yeah, she is. She's great. So pick a good one, Liz.
You're welcome, Justine Jones, and thanks for watching from Australia. We really appreciate people that uh, are watching in time zones that are far, far away. Oh, cool. Alan Hall just got the book last week. Cool. Oh, oh thank you so much. Um, yeah, it was. It took two years to make and write, and it was um, a lot of work. We had gotten the book deal before the pandemic and thought, how are we going to have time to do this book? Because we wanted to make it comprehensive. The publisher suggested it was necessary. There wasn't anything like it on the market. And then COVID hit, so we were able to concentrate on it for two years. It was um, a lot of work, a lot of note reading and typing. And Well, it, it shows. Um, Marion Laird just reminded me, I forgot to say U.S., Canada only, because we have found in the past we made the mistake giving a book away. We had to send it to somebody like the U.K. or Italy or Germany, somewhere in Europe. And it was like three times the price of the book to send it over there. So we thought, oh, well, we'll just order one on Amazon and send it to them. But you can't do that with a lot of countries. So uh, hopefully, wow. hopefully Liz will land on somebody in the U.S. or Canada. If she doesn't, then I don't know. Um, I think we can send you a, a gift card for the amount or something like that. Mm. Will oh, Derryberry, Will Derryberry won. Awesome. I met Will at last year's road rally. Will Derryberry, see, he's a great reason to come to the road rally. Extremely nice, very outgoing in a good, not scary way. Um, very talented and has done really, really well using taxi. And like, he's that kind of member that you want to be in line next to or buy him a beer you will learn as much having a beer with Will Derryberry as you will watching one of these shows. He's figured it out. He's doing great. And uh, really, really happy you got the book, Will. And I saw you're coming to the road rally. And I was actually looking at the hotel room list. It looks like you're bringing the whole family. Um, so that's cool. Um, yeah, and obviously anybody that brings their family, because a lot of people bring their, their spouse or their spouse and their kids, and they go to Disneyland after the, the road rally. Disneyland is probably about 35 minutes from where the road rally is, so there's that. Um, anyway, thank you so much, you guys, for doing the show with me. I'm sorry we couldn't get the video tech working today, but you sound really good on the phone. Oh, great, Will's, <laughs> Will's going to Disneyland with the family. Cool. Yeah, yeah, some people do that where they know their, their spouse and their kids could care less about the rally and they send the family <laughs> off to Disneyland and then they join them on the last day or something. Um, that sounds like a lot of fun. It's a perfect weather, too, to see it. Yeah, that's right. It's not 110 degrees out. Um, well, congratulations again. I'm writing an excellent book. And thank you so much for taking the time to do the show with me today. You guys will really appreciate it. Um, thank you guys for all watching and, and uh, next week who next week I'm gonna have Tony Van Veen the CEO yeah CEO of um, disc makers on there's been they've like tripled their sales in people pressing vinyl um, yeah I mean we all knew that vinyls coming back again I had no idea it was coming back like that but Tony is is a drummer but that's okay um, 
You know, we went to Nashville in March, and we were hanging out at a club called The Vinyl to hear a singer-songwriter round, and it was, it, they were pressing vinyl. They were literally pressing vinyl at The Vinyl. It was wow. a very cool place. Very yeah. cool. And, and making a killing at it, too. So, so it's a big thing. Tony is, is has this great list of, like, dumb, dopey things that musicians shouldn't do. And so hopefully I can get him to talk about that next week and not do an entire 90 minutes on pressing vinyl. But I am really curious to see why people are pressing so much vinyl and why people are buying it. Because I honestly, I don't have a lot of friends that have turntables. Maybe they're buying it for, you know, collecting it or something. I don't know. Anyway. They like the artwork. On yeah, the, on the cover. They want artwork they can read. <laughs> right, exactly, without a, a magnifying glass. Well, thank you once again, Tracy and Vance Marino. You guys are awesome, and I will see Thanks you guys. Thanks, Michael. Michael. It was a pleasure, and great group of people. We hope to see all of you in the chat at the rally this year. Absolutely, um, and I will see you guys next week with Tony Van Veen, CEO of Disc Makers. Until then, I bid you a fond farewell. Thank <laughs> you.